You're listening to Season 4, Episode number 7 of Strike the Match. We recently heard of the death of American missionary John Allen Chow on the North Sentinel Island in the Indian Ocean. Shortly after his death, media outlets across the world began to ask questions about the dangers involved of outsiders coming into a community of people that have been isolated from the modern world and being potentially exposed to harmful microbes that could lead to illnesses that result in many deaths. In this episode of Strike the Match, my guest is Dr. Scott James, an infectious diseases physician. We discuss the issue of public health and epidemiology and missiology, and how should the church think about such matters when it involves taking the gospel to all peoples, including those living in very remote areas. So with that in mind, let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with teacher and missiologist, Dr. J.D. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.D. This is a special edition of uh, Strike the Match, and I'm so thankful that you are listening uh, during this time. Uh, Somewhere between uh, November the 16th and November the 18th, so just last week, uh, international media outlets began to talk about the American missionary John Allen Cho that uh, was was killed on the North Sentinel Island uh, in the Indian Ocean. And so uh, a, a, a people group uh, that few people in the world even know about, the North Sentinelese people, uh, made the headlines. And uh, one of the things that the media continued to talk about and uh, continued to, to raise concerns about was the issue of the fact that someone from the Western world uh, who has been exposed to a variety of illnesses over the years uh, sets foot in a a part of the world where there exists a people that have been isolated and cut off from modernity and and much of the modern illnesses that are out there. And so the question has been raised about uh, the the ethics behind this, the ethics behind missionary activity uh, to uh, remote people, Uh, even the Indian government that is overseeing uh, the North Sentinel Island. They have uh, what they call uh, uh, an eyes-on, hands-off approach. And so even uh, even for themselves, they uh, will not set foot on the island. Part of the reason is related to the spreading of disease. So in today's episode of Strike the Match, I have Dr. Scott James uh, with me. Uh, he is an infectious diseases physician uh, who practices in Birmingham, Alabama. And so uh, we're going to be spending some time talking about uh, this particular issue uh, that has made uh, media outlets all over the world, and I know many of you in your circles of influence have been thinking and talking about this particular topic. Uh, Scott, is uh, he's no stranger to the world of making disciples. Uh, he is an elder at the Church at Brook Hills in Birmingham, Alabama. He has been on many uh, mission trips uh, throughout the world, uh, and then, of course, uh, he is also uh, uh, an ID physician. Uh, here in the city as well. So uh, today's episode of Strike the Match is taking a different turn. We're going to actually be talking about epidemiology and missiology in the same conversation. So Scott, Dr. James, welcome to Strike the Match. Hey, J.D. Thanks a lot for having me. It's a pleasure. Man, I am certain uh, that as soon as you heard uh, the media uh, talking about this particular issue, uh, that your wheels started turning uh, related to the issues of public health and epidemiology. 
Yeah, that's right. And it, it didn't take long for any of the articles or any of the commentary on this to, to quickly bring in the, the risk of outbreaks and epidemics and the risk that these North Sintelese uh, people uh, encountered with this. And uh, so that, that quickly became a, a topic of conversation with, with this. Well, I know that in uh, in the missions world, I know that there are agencies, there are agency leaders, there are missionaries, uh, there are, there are pastors, people in the uh, in the pews, uh, so to speak, that uh, that this issue has 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 sort of raised a flag in their minds. This whole conversation that has been taking place, and so I know that. You know, we often look at it from the reverse angle. We think about people going from, for example, we living in the Western world have to get our shots uh, before we go uh, to another country. Uh, but here's a conversation that is sort of the issue in reverse, isn't it? Yeah, and it, it still has to do with getting our shots in a lot of ways. But we think of it as how are you going to protect yourself as you go so that you don't pick right. up whatever is there on the other side of the world. And and this is uh, an avenue to talk through how are you going to get your shots also so that you prevent yourself from introducing uh, infections and, and uh, other pathogens into the people that you go to. So I don't know about you, but when I think about um, some of the kind of gung-ho missionary um, types and, and some friends that, that I have, there, there's even sometimes this this kind of bravado of uh, I don't need to get my shots. I'm not. I'm not going to get my shots. And um, I, I think, in some sense, if if you're taking your own health into your hands and you're saying I'm going to risk it, you know, if I get typhoid, let's you know let the chips fall where they may. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing. But if we're talking about a, a lot of routine vaccine preventable diseases that you might unintentionally introduce uh, to an isolated people group or an unreached people group, then to me, I think preparing well to go on these trips is definitely. Uh, an issue of loving your neighbor well and making sure that on the front end of you going uh, and engaging any of these people groups that are in a more isolated situation that you've really thought through and planned about planned out about how you're going to make that contact, how you're going to uh, interact with them in a way that's safe right. um, from, from a medical and a healthcare standpoint. So, so the, the issue of loving your, your neighbor, I, I, I want to come back to that in just a second. Let, let me start by, by just kind of approaching the whole elephant in the room issue uh, and, and kind of lay this conversation this this question out on the table and and that is how much truth is is found in this this what seems to be a, a fear that uh, media outlets have been reporting about uh, a man from the United States who goes to uh, this uh, this island uh, on a tourist visa. It's an island that uh, uh, outsiders are not permitted to go to, and it's, it's illegal to go there. But he goes there. Uh, how much uh, is there truth in this fear that he can bring in outside pathogens and can annihilate uh, this population of, you know, 30 people? I've heard up to 100 people. Yeah, I think if you if you're reading the op-eds that are out there in the in the in the secular newspapers, um, it, it seems as if that risk is paramount. As as if the the risk of annihilating this people group is imminent, and that therefore uh, the behavior of missionaries in general, or, or this one missionary in particular, is foolhardy and, and arrogant and is putting people at unnecessary risk. I, I do think that there's a bit of fear mongering that that is. Um, there's a vein of that fear mongering that is in some of those 
articles. And I think for a lot of them, they're playing their cards pretty straightforward. Uh, a lot of the commentary that I've seen regarding this case in particular has a very significant anti-missions uh, stance. You know, non, yes. non-Christian cannot even mm-hmm. comprehend the motivation for why he would want to do this other than foolish arrogance. Right. And so they're coming at it from right. an anti-mission standpoint. And they want to play that health care, that, that risk of epidemic card very strongly. I do think a lot of them overplay that hand. So I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to fall into um, the kind of the, the panicking um, overreaction mode to it. But on the other hand, there's truth to it. And so we as Christians don't need to dismiss it. There, there is risk. So there is a risk that there is some kind of risk involved. In. Certainly. Absolutely. So uh, the more isolated the people group, the more cut off they are from uh, outside world, then the more cut off they are from uh, the different pathogens that are circulating among us. And, you know, that that's not to say that they're, you know, a, a pristine and infection free society. They have their own um, uh, infections and, and, and um, microbes that they that are a part of their community that cause uh, their own illnesses, but they're different than the ones that, that we have, or they're in kind of a different ratio, or there's just this, you know, the the biosystem there is just sort of in a, in a, in a particular way that has found its equilibrium over however many years, and introducing new threats into that can throw it very much off kilter. And so some of it is as mm-hmm. simple as uh, if I have measles and I go over to a population of 50 people who have not seen the measles virus in the past 50 years, then the attack rate for that particular virus and a lot of viruses that are similar to it is very high. And so none of those people mm-hmm. have immunity. Uh, and so if I introduce an infection into that population that has never seen that that uh, infection, so they have no immunity, it's going to rip through that population and, and potentially have an extremely high mortality rate. So there's mm-hmm. there's there could be significant risk to that. Um, now, I would say that the risk of uh, and you know if 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 a healthy individual who currently is displaying no symptoms whatsoever makes contact with someone, um, you know the the chances of that triggering an epidemic with just you know brief contact is is pretty small. But the uh-huh. the risk is still there, and the more that contact persists, the greater that risk becomes. And certainly, if I'm I myself am sick or am showing signs of illness or have not been vaccinated for you know, vaccine preventable diseases, then the risk goes up significantly with, with all those different sort of factors. So, uh, so I kind of take right. the middle ground on that. There is absolutely risk that we should be aware of and we should think through um, with, uh, with wisdom as we think about how to engage cultures. But at the same time, uh, I would not succumb to the, uh, the kind of the panicked interpretation that would potentially mm-hmm. put an end to our missions activity because we know that's, that's not an option if we're a great commission people. Right. So, so, so on on that note, then, uh, be, because this topic, pr- public health, epidemiology, and missions, it rarely comes up in conversations. And you know, as you know, mo- you know, most pastors it, they don't even consider that. Again, you know, the, you know, if anything, it's you know, make sure you get your shots before you go on this trip. So, help us think through this. So, you mentioned earlier about loving your neighbor. Uh, how should the church? Uh, think about about this issue of public health and missions um, among well we'll just start with among the remaining isolated groups. I mean there 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 are small numbers. You know it's been estimated there are a hundred people groups that are that are isolated like these particular people in North Sentinel Island uh, that exist in the world. Uh, and we could broaden it out to talk about some of the more 
remote people living in, in certain parts of the earth, but, but how should the church begin to think about this issue of public health and going and making disciples of all nations? Yeah, I, I think if we have a frame of mind that says we need to prepare ourselves to go and engage in a healthy way. So I think we're used to thinking about that in terms of theology or mythology. And I know we're used right. to thinking about that in terms of cultural impact. So we don't go barging into yes. an indigenous culture with some sort of superiority. Um, you know, we, we, we come in and we contextualize and uh, we honor the society that it is. And, and so we're accustomed to thinking through things in that way. But I would also just add a third tier to that. We need to go in and think through how to appropriately approach them in a healthy and safe manner that's going to minimize the risk that we could introduce uh, to them. So, you know, that's um, thinking through the, the details about how we're going to make contact. Um, what state are, are the missionaries in, in terms of health? Have they, are, have they been fully screened? Have they been fully vaccinated? Have they, uh, are, are, you know, is there a plan in place for what to do, how to, how to call an audible and maybe, you know, not engage, you know, put, turn, turn, turn the trucks around, basically, if, if something's happening that, mm -hmm. that, hey, maybe someone's coming down with something, um, but more so, not just the, the actual health of the missionaries who are going, but what is our plan? Are we going to parachute in and then and then get out as quick as we can? Or are we going to stay there and provide ongoing um, – is there going to be ongoing support and contact? Um, I, I, I just sort of think through just the idea of uh, not really thinking through the health implications, the safety implications, uh, and then just sort of – sort of, I don't know, drive-by missions of, you know, jump, jumping in and then jumping out, right. that actually could be um, a, a really uh, precarious situation in which if you do introduce something and then you just leave, they're just left mm -hmm. and they've got no, right. no extra support. Uh, they, they're dealing with a new, they're used to dealing with their own diseases. They're not used to dealing with this one. And so now uh, this is going to potentially go, go rampant. And so if you've sort of looked back through history uh, you know, we have a long history of uh, different cultures uh, engaging one another and, and uh, um, people uh, uh, kind of making contact with indigenous people groups who have uh, not before been in contact with outsiders. And unfortunately, if you look back in the past 100, 200 years, there's a, a pretty um, harrowing track record of the amount of contact-related epidemics that have happened. So if you, this is actually a, a good study that came out recently looking at tribes in the Amazon in just the past 100, mm -hmm. 120 years or so of, uh, uh, of people making contact with them and the number of uh, epidemic outbreaks that have happened. Um, and so we know, we know that this is possible. But um, one of the things that, that uh, is highlighted in these types of studies for people who have kind of thought about how to engage these in a safe way. One of the main things they say is to have basically a well-designed contact plan. So rather they, they kind of mm -hmm. distinguish between a, a, uh, a well-designed contact versus a disastrous contact. And one, you're going to think through ahead of time. So again, like theologically, culturally, we're used to doing and, and, and can you explain that? What do you mean a, a contact plan? You mean contact with the, with the, the indigenous peoples? Yes. So, so when, when you're going to engage an isolated people group or an unreached people group that, that does not have a lot of outside contact. So mm -hmm. you're going to prepare theologically, you're going to prepare culturally, you're going to prepare right. in every way that you can, um, from a medical standpoint, prepare ahead of time as well in terms of the, mm -hmm. the, the health of the team going and the supplies have and that sort of thing. But also um, think through about how you're going to remain with them 
uh, how long. Mm-hmm. And, and so if, if we sort of track this, uh, the track record of uh, how some of these epidemics have gone, one of the things that has actually helped improve all of the outcomes is a missionary team that stays present with the people, engaged with them, providing supportive care. If I go into a place and introduce a, a new disease, I better have some treatments for that new disease as well. Mm. Uh, and so I don't, mm. don't want to just go and give them my bugs. I want to give them the drugs also that, that could, could save their lives. Um, so that's what I think through when I think of a, a, just a, a well-designed contact approach. If I, how am I going to engage these people? Just, I just want to think it through ahead of time. Yeah, so what I'm hearing you, you say is, is, is we, need, we need our entry strategy, we need our disciple-making church planting strategy, but, but within that strategy, uh, there needs to be some kind of strategy that, that, takes, that takes some of these issues into effect of, of what it means to live life among people in a, in a creation that's fallen and groaning, and we have germ theory. So mm-hmm. am I correct in, in, in saying that you, your strategy needs to include things related to, to public health matters? Yeah, I, th- I, I think in, um, in all sorts of ways, we want to make sure that we are aware of the impact that we're having on these people. And it could just be – it's not necessarily the, the infections that I bring with me that they have not seen before. Uh, it, it could also be the new techniques that I bring with me, right? And so we have a, a history uh, – history books for full of people that, that uh, you know, show up and say, no, don't farm that way. Farm this way. And they think they're doing the people a favor, and then they leave, and the people continue you know, farming the, the new way, and it ends up to be not a good way to farm. And, mm-hmm. and then one generation right. later, you have famine. Um, and so there's just – we just have to think through kind of proactively what impact are we going to have on the people that we're engaging. We want to bring them the gospel, but right. I don't want to harm their culture. Right. So, so let, let's, let's come back to what you said at the beginning. You, you were talking about uh, the, individual, the individual's health, the team's health, and you tied it in with the phrase, this is basically a part of what it means to love your neighbor. Could, could you help us understand that? What do you, what do you mean by that? How, how is it that me being in good health, me being vaccinated, how is that a part of loving my neighbor? Well, I, I phrase it that way on purpose to kind of to, to make it make us think outside of ourselves. Because I think uh, when it comes to healthcare, when it comes to um, immunizations, uh, by and large, I'm going to say this as a physician um, and as an observer of American culture for um, quite a while, we're a highly individualized society. We're highly individualistic. Mm -hmm. Um, When I think about whether, if I'm doing a risk-benefit analysis of whether or not I should get vaccinated, I have myself in mind, and that's kind of it. Right. So mm-hmm. if I'm uh, if I'm going to go to Southeast Asia and uh, the doctor says you should get your typhoid vaccine, I'm going to think through it from my perspective. What benefits do I gain from it? And then what risk is there to me? So my risk That's benefit analysis yes. is very it's me centered. And so I want to mm-hmm. shift that from a me centered to a the world centered. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so if if I'm going to get my travel vaccine, it's not specifically mm-hmm. only for my benefit. It's for the benefit of those I'm going to encounter as well. Because while, you know, in Birmingham, Alabama, when I go out to eat, I have very low risk of encountering typhoid, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't need to be up to date on my typhoid vaccine here in the States. But when I am traveling through Africa or Southeast Asia, then that's where the risk is. And so I need to protect myself. But conversely, 
I've never had measles because I was born after the age in which natural measles was rampant. So mm-hmm. I was vaccinated for measles. And so when I go to another place, I'm, I feel confident that I am not taking measles into a population who has not encountered measles before. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, if if uh, I've never had measles and if I uh, take a, a personal individual stance of I don't want to receive the measles vaccine, my risk-benefit analysis personally is that that's not good for me, then I need to be aware that might be a right choice for me. But as I go to the other side of the world or to the other side of my city, to be honest – I may be encountering people that are not immune to measles and may have uh, significant health issues that would make them really high risk for being very sick with measles, and I might unintentionally pass it to them. Uh, And so when when I'm phrasing, uh, do you need to get your travel shots, that sort of stuff, I want to shift the conversation from what's the benefit to you personally Mm -hmm. outward to what's the benefit to your neighbor. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I think we need to see those decisions affect other people. Yes, and then, and then of course, if, if we're in country for a, a long enough period of time and we have not been vaccinated, we we become when we contract something, we can we can pick it up in that country and we can spread it to others in that country. Oh, absolutely. One of the primary concerns for the types of encounters that are being discussed with the, with the recent case and with others that are like it is the spread of malaria. Right. So we're in an, a region where malaria is endemic. But that does mm-hmm. not mean that it is on that particular island within that particular people group. So, right. again, here, home in the States, I'm not worried about malaria. But as I spend time in Southeast Asia, wherever, I, I, that's where I might pick up malaria. And then if I make my day trip to the island and back and am bitten by one mosquito on that island, before you know mm-hmm. it, malaria has now spread to a fresh population and is wreaking havoc mm-hmm. because this population has no acquired immunity whatsoever before. Right. You know, you know, one of the things that that I often talk about is is the fact that we need to be wise stewards with with all that God's given us, and and obviously, you know, that that's more than just financial resources. It, it involves e- even the health care that we have uh, living, you know, in, in in this conversation. You and I, you know, live here in the United States, so living here in the states, how can we be wise stewards with this? Because I'm going back to the your phrase on on this is about also loving your neighbor. I mean, I mean, if we think about this, if if we take the approach of I'm, I'm just going to these people to, to share the gospel and see them come to faith in Christ and see churches planted among them, you know, what, what happens if in that process I have not really thought through these issues that you're talking about and I come to them with the gospel and also bring some of these pathogens that could have easily been uh, prevented or at least significantly, you know, the risk significantly reduced. Mm-hmm. And, and then people begin to say, well, I mean, is that, is that what a Christian's like? I mean, is that, you know, does, does a Christian not think about other people when you have access to all this incredible health care, these resources that could have helped us by you being prepared? Uh, you see what I'm saying, you know, about this yeah. issue of stewardship for us and making disciples and modeling, uh, you, you know, the, the, the kingdom worldview before you know, new believers. Right. And I think part, part of that preparation is as you go, being aware of the risks that you are introducing into that society and then having the wisdom to say, look, is I want to get the gospel to all nations. Is me showing up and putting them at this risk the proper strategy right now? Right there, there, there are more, there's more than one way to get the gospel into these places. And I'm not saying don't go, but is today right. the day that I started running a fever? Is that the day for me to go engage these people? Uh, conversely, right. so thinking through ahead of time, but also if I am 
even if I feel fine and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to spread anything to them. Do I have the medical resources? Am I, am I, by, am I stewarding resources? Well, mm-hmm. meaning I, I have some with me and intend to share it if need be. Uh, so yeah. having access. So when you make contact, having, you know, being a pipeline for access to medical care that, that could be beneficial. And again, and that's not swooping in like, you know, the, we're the savior from the, you know, superior culture with our fancy medicine. It's right. simply recognizing I have put this person at risk and now I have a, a treatment or a supportive care or an aid of some sort that can help them mm-hmm. not, you know, not die from this. So being, right. being prepared uh, in that sense as well. I also, when I think through the I don't know, kind of the risk of it or the um, just that wisdom component and what your witness looks like in the midst of it. I mean, nobody, mm-hmm. no missionary goes in. Of all the missionaries who have ever taken the disease into a indigenous people group, I feel very confident that none of them wanted to do harm, right? This, this is right. Un- sure. unintentional sort of stuff. Yes. But, and yet that doesn't change the fact that we have done harm. And so I, I, I think of I think of kind of just that concept of if someone is, you know, cold and naked or thirsty and you give them uh, the, the gospel, but no blanket. Right. If you just say, go, go and be well, but you don't give them you know, the blanket or the clothing or the cup of water. Mm-hmm. In some ways, there, there's a component here where if I unwisely swoop in to uh, an at risk people group and harm them. And I'm do, I'm harming them with the justification of, but I'm giving them the gospel. That mm-hmm. ultimately hurts my witness. That's right, exactly. Because praise God, someone may be saved, right? And there's eternal reward for that person for that. So mm-hmm. if, if I go in unwisely and preach the gospel, thank goodness the word of God is is active and dynamic, anyways. And so someone, God may use that to bring someone to Christ. But if I kill thirty people in the process because I gave them mm-hmm. chicken pox. Um, right. And I think that's probably a, a, a strategy that I need to rethink for a long term effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. so I, I, do, I think this is this is part of the um, just caring again, kind of coming back to caring for your neighbor. Part of that is yeah. making sure that those who have not heard the gospel have heard the gospel. But it also means that I am going uh, out of my way to make sure I'm not harming them. Yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, looking at, at where we are in, 20, in 2018, uh, the, the notion of Paul saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ, uh, would apply to us not only in our physical actions that people can observe with their eyes, uh, but also apply to the way we, as Westerners, you know, think about the the unseen you know microbes that could mm-hmm. cause harm to other people i mean you know imitate me as i imitate christ this is an issue that affects you know the way that um that we're modeling before people how they're to treat other people yeah. in the name of jesus right i do think it's uh a changing aspect of our world is the globalization um so when we talk of there's we can talk about unreached people group uh, unreached unengaged people groups but in reality most of them have contact with the outside world. They don't have the gospel, mm-hmm. but they have contact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there are a dwindling number of truly, quote-unquote, isolated people right. groups, or, or what could be termed uh, a, a term that has been used in the past is virgin soil groups, meaning this is uh, no one has stepped foot in this area other than this indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I think 
as time goes on, I do think this will become less of an issue as the number of people groups that are truly at risk uh, of catastrophic epidemics is going to go down as as more and more people are are interacting with each other. And uh, in, in some ways, that should raise our awareness of global health issues because uh, it, you know, it used to be diseases stayed in their corner of the world because mm-hmm. travel took so long. But we're now in the era where Ebola virus is one plane right away. Um, and right. so we as healthcare professionals have to adapt to that and make sure that our preparedness is on par with anything can happen in my city any day. Um, yeah. So there's there's consequences that come from that. But as, as we think about going to other places, I think we need to be aware that we can take something really quick, but also the people that are there most likely have visited the city lately. <laughs> and, and so there's mm-hmm. there really are, I think, very uh, a dwindling number of, of places uh, in, in which it is truly a, a, a naive population when it comes to uh, immunologic status. My guest uh, today on Strike the Match uh, is uh, Dr. Scott James, uh, infectious diseases physician in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, We've been talking about uh, this particular topic related to public health and and how that intersects with going into all the world of making disciples. Dr. James, if uh, someone out there is listening and and maybe they would like to to ask you a question or something related to this particular topic, is there a way that they could possibly connect with you on social media? Uh, yeah, probably Twitter would be the best way to do that. Um, I am Scott underscore dot, uh, excuse me, Scott underscore H underscore James. So Scott H James with the underscores there uh, on Twitter. S C O S C O T T underscore H underscore J A M E S. That's right. Fantastic. Brother, thank you so very much uh, for being with us today and, and just sharing with us uh, out of your, your wisdom, uh, not only missiological wisdom, but out of your uh, wisdom as a physician. We appreciate you uh, being with us. And it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for, for even thinking about these things. You have been listening to Strike the Match with J.D. Day. You can find J.D. on Instagram, Facebook, or follow him on Twitter at J.D. underscore Payne. And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit jdpain.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on your favorite Android app or at iTunes. And we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.